Hello beautiful and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, Finding Fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding Fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility. But what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me, listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Happy Friday, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox, and I am super grateful that you are spending time here with me on your journey to becoming the conscious mama you were born to be. Today, we have another amazing podcast discovery call. I'm super excited for this one once again. And remember, if you would like your own personal podcast discovery call. If I can spit it out, uh, the link is in the bio to book whenever you want or make sure you're on the email list um, when the email comes time to call out for free ones, the podcast ones, like the ones you're hearing right now. So without further ado, let's get to today's episode. So yeah, so thank you. And uh, let's just jump into kind of your fertility journey first. Let's start there. Yeah. So I've been trying for, I started trying October 2020 Um, with my, I've I've got a little boy, he's four and a half. Um, It took me about three months to get pregnant with him. Um, So I I left it about five or six months and like with no joy. So I went to the the GP um, because I was getting quite bad pains as well in like the lower pelvic area. Um, so I just thought I needed that check-in um, and the, I've had scans and everything and the, which came back normal but that was as far as they'd go they say because I've already got a little boy they wouldn't really help me any further um, which upset me a little bit because I was I thought I'm not asking for fertility treatment I just want to try and get to the bottom of what is wrong with me yeah um, yeah so it's quite frustrating so um I then went to like a local health shop and um, after listening to your podcast and everything and you saying things to do with your gut. So that's where I first started. So I went, I actually went and had um, a colonic irrigation to give myself a flush through um, and then started taking probiotics. I also had an intolerance test while I was there and it showed that I was allergic, well, intolerant to yeast, wheat, um milk leg is it legumes I don't want to say it legumes peanuts and eggs so it's quite a lot um and I I, I, I probably I, I kind of had a new an idea about the yeast and the wheat but not the other stuff so I've totally cut those out of my diet not had any any of that um and I've tried to change my diet as well but I was still getting a little bit of pain um, so I went back to the doctors and I said, I'm getting pain. Surely something's not right. So I went to see a gynecologist then. And he he was like, everything seems okay. But um, if you want, I, I can do a laparoscopy. That's the only thing that will, that will see whether anything's wrong. He says, but it's quite a major operation. And you'll be, um, it's probably going to come back that there's nothing wrong with you. And you won't be able to do anything for up to six weeks. So it gave me time to think about it. And then they rang me and I kind of decided against it. Um, And then after I I did think about it after after a couple of few months. And I thought, surely this I I had to look into it. And I thought there's other things they could do other than a laparoscopy. And I went to see another gynecologist and he was brilliant. And he was like, right, we need to get you sorted. We'll do your bloods. Um, this was like, so the last time I went was, um, it was last July. 
and he did my bloods and everything then and he said you can have a hs would put you down for a hsg um to check whether my tubes was um like was working um and they was all working fine um so I, I, I've like kind of skipped forward a little bit. I'm just trying to get everything in. No, it's okay. Um, before, so last August, I found out I was pregnant um, after a year and a half of trying. And um, so excited. And then I lost it after seven weeks, eight weeks. Um, and then I'm not really, not really had like any um, help or anything from the doctors or but I felt, I started getting palpitations. Um, I forgot to mention that I found out I got underactive thyroid, sorry. Okay, yeah. Um, and so this, this was early on, so I'm on medication for that. Anyway, I started getting um, like palpitations, like just after the miscarriage. And I thought it might be that I was on, um, the, the medication was too high of a dose. So I tried yeah. to get in the doctors again and they was like, you're not due any bloods until March. So they wouldn't see me. So I've, I kind of just left it and th they kept getting worse. And I rang them again beginning of January and I, I got into the doctors and I've just had my blood results for that and then found out I'm anemic. So I am now on medication for that. So um it's like, I, I don't know, I feel like I'm doing everything right, as I can do, but then there's always something that pops up. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Did they, um, core, so your heart palpitations, have they done anything in regards to the thyroid medication? Or did you they, still think it was that? Did they lower your dose? What, what happened there? They took my bloods for that and they said that my thyroid hormones are normal, but they think it might be the anemia that was causing the palpitations. Um, so that's what they that's what they've put it down to. So they've they've gave me some iron tablets to take um mm -hmm. for the next three months. Um but yeah, so they 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 put the palpitations down to the anemia. Okay. And so when you got onto the iron medication, did that help? It has actually, yeah. I mean, I've only been on, I've only been on the in, the iron medication a week, um, but it has helped. Yeah. Okay. And the heart palpitations have subsided. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Um. Okay. So, um in regards to when we're talking about being on medication, like that's great that you're getting the support to um, kind of combat some symptoms, right? Like we don't, like that's not fun. But at yeah. the same time, we want to ask, why is your thyroid underactive? Why all of a sudden are we having anemia when we didn't have it before? Yeah. Um, in regards to the pelvic pain, where are you at with that? Um, it has actually gone, and okay. I think that was actually it's took me a, it's took me a long time. I think it was changing the diet and taking everything out of the diet. Um, but it did take a long time. It took it took about a year yeah. for the pelvic pain to stop. Yeah, I know. I know when we're dealing with infertility issues or fertility issues, um, time is like, <laughs> like That's not it. a fun subject, right? Like we all want to be pregnant yesterday, but yeah. unfortunately what happens is that we don't realize these things, these, um, issues are actually slowly creeping up, right? For yeah. most of us, they just don't happen overnight yeah. And the way we've been living and eating and all that slowly, slowly, slowly. So it's almost the same with healing. And especially like, I, like, it's great that you've done so much on your own, you're being your own advocate in the doctor's office. But when you're doing it on your no own, and you don't know the exact steps, it is going to take you time. Right. I mean, yeah. it was the same for me. Like if I would have had like a quote unquote expert look at me, um, at the very beginning and know that it was my gut health and I had to do a b and c to fix it my journey would have been six months to a year where it took me like yeah. eight years to sort it yeah. out right so yeah. um 
so that that's like it's a double-edged sword right like just sometimes it is going to take a long time when you're trying to figure it out by yourself and then sometimes yeah. it does just take time because it took time for you to get there so it's going to take time for it to reverse yeah. um what do you have an inkling to what you you think that pelvic pain was could you relate it to ovulation um like was there always a certain time in the month that it happened was it sporadic um it, it was it at the beginning it was constant it was like there all the time and that's what made me think something is is really not right here mm -hmm. um but then when all the when I had did have the scans and it was like there's, there's nothing there's nothing wrong everything seems normal and I I just I just didn't know what to do um, because obviously I thought pain, surely pain is a sign that something isn't right. Yeah. But it, it was hard because I felt like no one wanted to listen to me because I felt like they knew that I was trying for a baby, but they was they didn't really want to help me because I had got an, I have got a little boy. And it was just, it was, it, it has been hard because like you say, I have had to try and do everything by myself and all I want is just like a little bit of help from somebody just yeah. just a bit of guidance do you know what I mean yeah unfortunately I I, I know exactly how you feel um yeah. I too yeah. did a lot of I did all of my medical treatment over in the UK so I know that sometimes it's just not the best system and I feel like people over in America and other places Canada uh, Australia you know when it comes to women's health and you give them just an inkling that it has to do with your fertility, it yeah. just kind of doesn't matter, you know, yeah. like just get on with it. And um, unfortunately, I feel, I feel like, yeah, I feel like they just think it's not an illness. Mm -hmm. You're not, you're not going to die from it. So they don't really want to help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And unfortunately, uh, fertility issues are just one symptom of what could be quite you know big issues later in life in your 50s yeah. and 60s whether that be major issues with your thyroid or you know cancer or you know it, if you don't address the root cause and you don't yeah. tackle that it will slowly and slowly get worse and even though medication can be very supportive if if you're not using both at the same time that medication is actually just masking what's actually going on. Yeah. Right? Um, do you, okay, so let's get into before you had your son, right? Yeah. Is there anything in your life that you can really, with hindsight, look at and go, okay, those were some warning signs of, you know, issues that to, for the issues that I'm having now? Um, and not, not really, not that I can think of. The only thing that I can think is that I have, like, I, I have had depression and anxiety, like really bad anxiety. Um, for about, it must be like, well, it's since I've been young, to be honest, since I've been at school. Um, so I think that's probably one of the main reasons because I do overthink everything before I do anything and and I probably know that it is me that's caused everything to my body because I have I am an overthinker and I do like kind of fret about everything yeah um, welcome to the club <laughs> I feel like most people dealing with fertility issues have some degree of overthinking anxiety depression uh low self-worth low self-esteem low self-love I I do um it, you know just the way we were raised the societies that we've been in it, it's just that's how it's been and yeah. you know it's I don't want people to think that they caused it right like oh I did this to myself on purpose like hell no we didn't yeah. but when you kind of quote unquote wake up and start taking radical responsibility for yeah. your actions now, because mm -hmm. now we have the knowledge, now we have the understanding, now we can change things. That's when you get out of that victim mode and start getting yeah. into that like self-empowering, like, okay, that happened, but that doesn't have to happen in the future. 
I can now yeah. literally rewrite my story. Yeah, that is what I've been trying to do. And I've, like I've been on medic, I've been on antidepressants since I was like seventeen. Okay. And then last year, since obviously like, like listening to you and everything, and then I've got into um, been doing meditation and like going down that route. And w- once you go down that route, it leads you into loads of different things, into it? and it it's like really opened my eyes. Um, but I actually weaned myself off the antidepressants over time. So I've not had those for about 10 months. Um, So I wean myself up and try not, well, I don't don't want to go back on those. But yeah, it's opened my eyes to how I was living really and like to, to do with nutrition and everything, even though I thought I ate quite healthy looking back now I know like I, I didn't really do you know what I mean and like yes I, I yeah. know exactly what you I, mean <laughs> I, I, I can't believe it I'm like, I'm like I can't believe I'm like I've got to this age now and I'm only just realizing this yeah but I mean you have to celebrate that you are realizing it right yeah. and you get to change um your whole life not only to have an incredible exciting 30s 40s 50s 60s 70s 80s right you get to um really foster an amazing lifestyle for your children right that's you know you know the big part of what I do is creating conscious mamas right like we don't want our children to suffer with the same common and normal health issues that we have okay so with being on antidepressants for quite a long time um obviously that's going to change the you know chemical neurons that are going on and I'm not saying like this is not like an attack on medication but once again it just um masks symptoms yeah okay so you probably um have been in flight or flight fight or flight freeze (laughs) fawn they keep adding like all the all the different like (laughs) like as to it um (laughs) for a really long time yeah and because you've been on this medication it's just kind of um allowed you to quote unquote live right get on with life but that's like most of us we've been in a survival mode yeah and just the way our genetics are prone um the you know as you now know and it's hard to explain this to people um because it's something that you just have to live through pregnancy mm-hmm. birth and postpartum are one of the hardest things a woman's yeah. body can go through physically mentally and emotionally and yeah. even if you have quote unquote a good run at it right yeah. like my pregnancies were easy like I did not suffer in anything my birth mm, they weren't that great my postpartums were easy same. yeah yeah my so pregnancy was lovely I loved my pregnancy but yeah the birth was not so not so good yeah and um these things um these events put massive pressure on us so mm. it tips us over the edge now right? So maybe you were dealing with some low grade thyroid issues before, but they weren't noticeable. They weren't coming up on the quote unquote, the NHS's like normal standards, right? Um, And then these actions of um, motherhood literally just like push us over the edge. One, because we don't have the knowledge of mental and emotional, physical nutrition, well-being. So if we're not putting that into place during this time, our bodies are going to suffer more. And two, we don't yeah. have society around us giving the support that that we need, yeah. right? That all our ancestors knew that this time was so precious and we had yeah. villages and we had support and we had, you know, midwives and aunties and you know, grandmothers around us. We had men protecting us and knowing that this was, you know, such an important time to thrive because back then you know a baby could be taken really easily right we didn't have the medical interventions pregnancy you know was there was a real life or death thing and where sometimes we just think that you know pregnancy or birth sorry um you know with the the modern technology we have these safe ways to um have amazing or not amazing births but have birth in a safe way but um 
so this just just tips us over the edge our bodies are like okay I was just surviving yeah. I just can't do it anymore and this is what happens with secondary infertility so for me my body did that before yeah. <laughs> my body got beaten up before but secondary infertility is almost exactly the same as unexplained infertility you just get yeah. pushed over your kind of fertile edge later in life and usually it's by the pregnancy the birth and your child right yeah because another yeah. thing that you can't really articulate to people um is motherhood is hard <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know it is hard because you don't have that village around you and you're supposed to be superwoman and whether you choose to go back to work and work 40 hour weeks and then have your child in care that's still hard whether yeah. you're a stay-home mom and doing it all by yourself that's still hard yeah. um so we start developing a lot more symptoms and big warning signs that our health is is just we can't do it anymore yeah um, I do think, uh, sorry no go ahead I do think that after I had my little boy I, I did struggle in the beginning obviously just like with the um sleep deprivation and everything and I didn't feel well in myself then and I and I wonder whether like even after like after about a year I just thought it was just because I was so tired and I think if I'd probably done something about it then I might have I might have like got a diagnosis then and I think this is another thing that I wind myself up with I always think about oh if I'd have done that but I do think if I'd have if I'd have gone to the doctors then but I wasn't really one for going to the doctors um then they might have picked something up that well they probably would have done but I just I just left it until until I started trying and nothing was happening then and I think obviously then it's far it's it's gone too far then yeah the good news is is that your cellular health can be improved and you are already on the right track of doing that right so um it's really just I think you've got the gut health down in the sense of you're on the right track with that are you introducing things like bone broth and liver um to help really boost that gut microbiome and heal the gut lining um I haven't but I've been listening to some of your podcasts this week you know with the ladies and I've got the recipes of their bone broths um so I'm going to be doing some of those this week so I've ju I've just that is something I'm going to start doing yeah because I'm I'm sure with the years of antidepressants that has messed with your gut microbiome too so when you're taking any kind of medication like that also with the antidepressants it is that gut brain connection so mm -hmm. the more you heal your gut the more serotonin you're going to have the better your moods you've probably already seen it right like you've been able to wean yeah. yourself off this medication yeah. So just keep going with really healing that gut, getting the wide variety of food in, you know, your food sensitivities, um, getting the, like, that's what, how I healed my gut. Like I didn't, the, the supplements that I recommend within the course and, and to my one-on-ones, um, they're amazing. They really are. And they speed up time. You know, right. so if you're just starting your healing journey, you know, you can kind of reduce that time of the healing phase, um, yeah. but they're expensive and you got to yeah. do them for three months and you've got to really be on the right track of dramatically lowering your inflammation. Um, yeah. But it's doable without them. Right. And that's what I did. I didn't use the supplementation. Um, it wasn't invented. If it was, I probably would have taken it. I'm yeah. not going to lie. <laughs> but, um um the gut is always regenerating right so just keep yeah. focused on reducing what you can the toxins the food um and then introducing that wide variety liver is a game changer if you can't bring yourself to um eat liver either hidden in mincemeat or just chunks right. or whatever there are good liver supplementations um out oh. there but once again, they're expensive, right? I can go buy a pound of liver, ch organic chicken liver for less than $5. Yeah. If I'm taking liver capsules, that's like 50 bucks for maybe wow. a month and a half supply. 
Yeah. So, um, um, in, in the UK, you can actually ask the butchers to mince liver into your minced meat. So oh, you don't okay. have to physically do it. So that's like a, a tip. Um, I have I have access to um, organic grass-fed beef that already has like liver, um, heart and kidneys ground up in it. But yeah. it, once again, that's super expensive. Um here in Hawaii at least so I would definitely if you have a local butchers go and ask them to ground like a heart kidney liver whatever kind of organ meat that they have ask them if they'll do you like ground it for you mince it in with the meat and you can't taste it you know if you're putting it into a bolognese or making some like tacos with it um I feed it to my kids and my husband um and they can't tell the difference Um, and it's a game changer yeah. Um, yeah tip. Thank you. Uh, so that's great that you're going to get onto the bone broth. I, when I was in the UK, the butchers loved me because I would come and collect their bones <laughs> and they would give them to me for free. Um, oh, so you can even ask your butcher, hey, do you have any joint bones or big like uh, marrow bones? Um, and uh, yeah, they gave them to me for free because they didn't do anything. And they're like, do you have a dog? And I was like, oh. no. <laughs> um so that's a great way to keep costs down yeah um so keep going with that um in regards to and you don't like don't say anything that you don't feel comfortable saying uh, because I know Mm -hmm. this is going out on the podcast but I really want to get you thinking what do you think tipped you to have the constant depression anxiety overthinking like and like I said you don't have to say it here but yeah is there something that you can really relate to your childhood um I mean I didn't I didn't have a bad childhood really um it was just um like mainly school I absolutely hated school I got I did get bullied um and and then after a while I just I just didn't want to go I missed my last few years of school um, because I just I just hated it so much um, and I think I think that's a big a big part of it um, because I've all I've, I've always kind of been bothered about what people think as well and I've um, like when I go out and just I kind I don't know I've like always been quite a nervous person I, I feel better I've felt better in the last year um, but before then yeah I've I, I have str- I have struggled with like my nerves and everything um mm-hmm. but like I say I, I felt better last year and then after I had the miscarriage I kind of feel like I've gone back downhill again yeah yeah um so what happens with the subconscious mind is and and I I think for a lot of us too I mean, this was my story. Like I had a good upbringing. Like I didn't have yeah. really big traumas or anything. My parents were there. Um, but a lot of our parents kind of translated some BS onto us, right? Yeah. And didn't know how to mentally and emotionally support us because they didn't know how to mentally and emotionally support themselves. Right, and then yeah. when we move into childhood and... um I don't know if I really, I'm sure I've talked about this. I know it's in the course because I help, I try to help people understand, you know, that traumas can be anything. It's the way your body process that experience that it, it caused a traumatic event in your body that your body's holding on to that tension, that anger, that fear, that depression, like whatever it was. And it yes. subconsciously expresses over and over and over again, right? And you That's can feel these right. things. Like if you get into a certain situation and you freeze or you start getting nervous, that's yes. just your subconscious mind going like, okay, this isn't safe. And it's related back to a situation in your past that created that kind of neural connection in the first place. Yeah. Um you know, I had an incident in like when I was 11, 12 years old that um, all my best friends like literally turned on me like within 48 hours, eating lunch in the school office, people coming up, bullying me for what happened. And it was like a completely made up thing in their head. 
right? I had one girl who just obviously just had mental and emotional issues herself and chose to take it out on me, right? Um, And I didn't know that incident, not just that incident, but probably everything that happened over the next six months literally changed the course of how I thought of myself, how I thought about women, how I thought about friendships, how I thought about my security. And it wasn't, you know, as you know, as you've experienced, the more kind of conscious you get of these things, um, it was really motherhood and entrepreneurship that started triggering these things. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, holy hell, that like was actually really big in my life. And that is actually causing me to not build friendships and not feel safe in certain areas and really putting my guard up and being like, you know, so when you get to a place of like, okay, I feel like it's when you're tired of your own BS, because you are putting in so much effort, right? On the physical things and you're fighting hard with the doctors, you're doing the diet, you're doing these (laughs) things and you're not seeing the results you want. Um, And that could be fertility, that could be money, that could be love, that could be like whatever it is, right? But all my clients that I work with, it's fertility. Yeah. But it has like absolutely nothing to do with your fertility. Right, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense, yeah. the things that are holding you back in the physical sense now are actually the mental and emotional stuff. And you, you need to now start putting in kind of the harder work. I feel like this is like the hardest work to do Mm -hmm. in getting comfortable of being uncomfortable and going to places that you don't want to go. And your brain literally tries to talk you out of it so much because it's scared of change. It doesn't want to change is scary. And your brain's always (laughs) trying to protect you. So they're like, don't go there. No, 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 no. (laughs) You know, that has nothing to do with your fertility. That like thing that happened with the, at 13 years old with that friend or with your parents or whatever, that that's not connected where it's all connected. Your whole body is connected. Yeah. Um, So obviously there has been some physical things and you're already doing those and you, you know, time will really um, show your efforts but yeah. when you want to um, go deeper and accelerate, it's now the mental and emotional work and, right. you know, gaining, gaining that awareness of where you even need to go in the first place. Right. Some people are yeah. like, where do I even start? Yeah. That, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I'm like, I've been trying, but then like, where do I go from here? Where, where do I start? <laughs> yeah. So in the course, and actually there's a blog post on it that I'll, I write up show notes, so you'll get this. So don't worry about writing it all down. Um, we do a trauma time timeline, right? right? So you get real, real with yourself and you start just listing out everything that could possibly be, um, have caused some kind of like emotional distress in your body. Yeah. And then you just sit with it and you just allow yourself to go, okay, what am I ready for? Because sometimes you could look at something and you're not ready for that. And that's totally fine, right? Because you got to take these little steps to get to the big things. Um, But you allow, um, allow yourself to be vulnerable. And the first place is to write it out and just really tap into it. Um, The thing that I do, um, I use a modality called Psych K. And so the principle of it is um, you start a conversation and you basically are like, um, what's going on? Yeah. Right. And there could be like a million things going on, but whatever comes out of your mouth, which might not even be the most important thing. It's just the highest thing that your subconscious mind is like, okay, this is it. Right. Right. And so we start talking about that. And we, we basically ask the body, do you actually believe this about yourself, right? So for example, if we, if you get into worthiness, right? Yeah. And it comes out, you're like, well, I just don't feel worthy. I don't feel yeah. worthy to be healthy. I don't feel, you know, worthy to be safe, you know, whatever it is. Um, and then we just flip it 
and we rewrite it in your subconscious mind pretty quickly with some cross-brain connection modalities. Uh Um, But the whole point of it really is when you're doing this inner work is not to get caught up on um, having to do the big elephant in the room. Right, okay. Right, because that's overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or feel like you have to fix everything all at once. Because yeah. the truth of the matter is, is that let's say you had like a hundred balls of energy in your body that were traumatic, right? Big, little, small, whatever size they are. And you yeah. had this modality to get rid of all 100 at one time. I think yeah. your body would actually go into shutdown mode because that would be yeah. way too much for you to mentally, emotionally, and physically take on, right? If you've ever worked through something, whether that be in meditation, emotional freedom tapping, I'm even psyche, um, any of those hypnosis, any of those modalities, and you've really, truly, you know, gone deep. Yeah. You know that your body is like exhausted after that. Yeah. Right. Like it's like you went and ran a marathon. Right. Okay. Yeah. So we're not even designed to do everything at once on a mental and emotional level. It's always stages. And what I say to people as well is that when you take something and you move through it, you want to take like two to three weeks just to be with that emotion and process that emotion even more instead of like, okay, that's done. I don't need to do it anymore. It's like, uh, yeah. really sit with yourself and ask yourself, like, is there something in my still? And and the cool thing is, is that actually leads you to other little places that yeah. you're like, oh, wow. Oh, shit. That... <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. That is one thing I've not tried is the EFT. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, that's probably another thing as well. Yeah. I, I have heard about that. Yeah. So emotional freedom tapping is a great technique. Um, and it's a great technique for when you know, of uh, when you have conscious memories of an event being quote unquote traumatic. Right. Okay. So f- for a lot of people who had, um, maybe experiences like me and you where we're like well we had a good upbringing but like maybe school was hard or maybe this was hard I had a lot of guilt of even feeling certain ways because my parents did the best that they could do and I know that they always fought hard for me right but I had all these subconscious beliefs and so I didn't know where to go with them right okay Um, So if you ever feel stuck, I mean, I did all of the memories that I could remember. I did emotional freedom tapping with. And then after that, I started using Psyche. The other benefit to Psyche is that you don't have to relive the situation. Right. Okay. So when you're doing emotional freedom tapping, I'll just warn everyone, it is um, you're speaking out loud what the situation was and you're kind of you're doing the same thing as like, okay, you're, you're, you're taking this um, stressful situation and you tap, you tap and you speak your way out and you make it into a positive situation. And it's like, um, it is amazing. Right. Yeah. But if you're someone who is like deer in the headlights, absolutely. I cannot talk about this. I don't even want to go there. Psyche is a better modality for you because you don't, actually have to even like we're we call we're called facilitators right so we don't do anything it's all you um and so is emotional freedom tapping any good technique is actually you doing it yourself someone isn't doing it for you because I personally believe that wouldn't even work in the first place like you've you've got to do it yourself um yeah like in psyche you don't even have to like really tell me what what was going on you just tell me the emotion connected to the event and it's really everything is emotion right right? yeah 
emotion-based. How do you feel about that situation? And once you subconsciously change how you felt about that situation, you're not forgetting that situation. I can tell you all the situations that um, were kind of traumatic for me. But when I look back at those situations now, I don't feel that hurt, that anger, that sadness connected to them. It's just more of a peaceful, like, surrender to it. Yeah, and if right. you if you do look back at those situations and you still feel that like wherever it is in your body, because the more you get to know your body, your body will literally tell you. So I know yeah. something's up with me when I get a heavy feeling on my chest, and sometimes yeah. I don't even know what it is. I'm like, oh, like again? Yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. I I I get that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's when you're so um, in touch with your body and you're not um, tuning it out either with medication or even with like self-sabotage, like scrolling or, you know, emotional eating or drinking or any of that. And you're like, okay, I feel this. I feel this. And you tap in and um, obviously until you're kind of at a, I don't want to say level, but at a certain um on the path, you know, getting that coaching of someone who whatever modality you connect with is really helpful because they can just instantly get it out of you. Where when you're trying to do it by yourself in the beginning, remember your brain tries to keep you safe. So there's things that you won't even allow yourself to say because where someone could say something to you and it triggers something and you go, ah, yeah that's totally it right I still work with coaches even though I'm trained in psych k even though I know all this mindful stuff because um they call me out on my bs right right that's just that's what it is yeah Um, (laughs) you know it's not because they're better than me or they have more knowledge or whatever they're just when you're trained in this way you just you know that's like kind of the superpowers you just know you have that ability to call people out yeah I suppose you're helping everybody else so you still need that help a little bit for you when you're when you're feeling a bit like it yeah I mean I'm I mean I wish that once you knew this information consciously that all of a sudden subconsciously you're just like oh like yeah I'm like Jesus Christ I'm so high you know like (laughs) it doesn't work that way at all um and that's just the um yeah that's just the the reality of it right we're still human we're still learning we're still growing um and to be honest I I don't personally think anyone stops and if anyone does think like oh I'm totally fine now I'm perfect that's Uh, when you're hiding something else right and not that like you have to continue to do all this hard work and inner child and shadow work and stuff it definitely gets easier um And it gets more fewer in between, right? Like I used to feel like my heavy chest, like every like two to three months. Now it's like every six to seven months, you know, something will pop up or I'm just more aware. And the cool thing about Psyche is that anyone can train in it very easily. So if it's a modality that like you are like, oh my God, this is amazing. You literally go train for three days, you learn the technique and you can start doing it for yourself. And so- I'm so weird when I get triggered and when I feel these emotions, I'll start journaling and like whatever comes up and then I'll test and I'll go, oh yeah, okay. I still, you know, had this, you know, subconscious self-belief about this situation and now it's gone and now I get to move on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, so what I definitely think um I'll give you some information on looking about the anemic there's a reason you're anemic and so yeah. you definitely want to um investigate that there's a whole yeah. portion of it in the course that I talk about um right. and then your underactive thyroid I'm gonna say is a combination of your gut and your mental and emotional health right okay um so it's really just gonna be um time um in regards to um just getting on the right path for you and keeping that path up right so sometimes there's go ahead 
I think that's what's hard sometimes because I, yeah, I sometimes I feel like I've been doing it and I'm I've still not seen any results. So it can, it kind of makes you want to just give up. Yeah. So that's why I talk about um, setting small small goals. All right. Mm-hmm. Pregnancy and having a live birth is your ultimate goal. But if you're yeah. if you're just looking at that, you're going to yeah. feel like you're failing every single month. Yeah. Right. So we got to shift the focus. That's always, it's going to be there. It's not going to, it's not yeah. going. That is definitely the ultimate goal. Um, yeah. But it's moving away from, if you know when you're ovulating and you feel yeah. really confident about that, don't do ovulation tests anymore. Don't have pregnancy tests anymore. They really shift that focus of right. like, okay, I want to look at my normal and common health issues and I'm going to watch them disappear slowly i want to not be on thyroid medication anymore i know i i know my thyroid can be healthy so i'm going to focus on my mental and emotional health i'm going to focus on my gut health um i know there's a reason for my anemia i don't want to be on um iron supplements which actually isn't the best way once again to fix anemia anyways um I did go to the health shop again. I thought I wanted to try and do it with more natural supplements, but because the dosage that they gave me at the doctor is so high, yeah. I thought I might need to, I think I need to take that. If, if I'm not like, if it's that bad, I need to take it to try and get my iron levels up. Yeah. Although I'm still going to eat properly, like, well, um, but yeah, I just thought I'll take those, even if I take them for a month and then try and go on to the more natural ones. Yeah, exactly. And um, I mean, there's definitely no harm in that whatsoever, because you're conscious now. So you know that you're using that medication as support, not as the cure. Yeah, there's two different ways of looking at medication, IUIs, IVFs, right? When you're looking at it, that it's going to cure you that it's going to fix your situation. That's when it can be damaging and dangerous. When you're using it as support. Right then it's a healthy way of using it right yeah and there's no you you know it's it's funny to talk about right or wrong there's no right or wrong right it's choices and um and looking at the situation in a different in a different way yeah because I know that when I was finally got all this knowledge and information and stuff I was still using medical assistance and I was almost shameful that I was and that I couldn't get pregnant naturally you know and um luckily I had someone you know on my side at that point and they're just like there's no shame in that yeah I think that's how I felt and then I was I was speaking to my mum the other day and she says to me it's all right trying to do everything like holistically and everything but sometimes you do need a little bit of medical help so she says in this case I think you need to just take the iron for a little bit and try and get yourself better yeah exactly yeah there is one thing that I forgot to tell you um sorry if if you're running out of time um but I I did have some bloods and they did this came back in December and they said to me that I wasn't releasing an egg regularly okay but that was something else so I don't know if that's to do with the anemia. I kind of, I kind of googled that and thought anemia can cause that. I don't know whether. Yeah. Um. Well, with your underactive thyroid, you're going to have some hormone issues, anyways. Right. Um. The anemic could, like, obviously play a big issue in it. There's obviously some cellular health dysfunction going on. Right. The cool thing is, is when you focus on cellular health as a whole, all these little issues will eventually right. disappear. Right. Okay. Um, so I wouldn't overthink that one at the moment. Right. Um, if that's still happening, you know, in, in a few months after you've got your iron levels up, after you've, you know, taken care of your thyroid, um, then that would be another question. But yeah, the cool thing is, is that if you just focus on overall cellular health in the specific ways you need to do it, those little issues go away as well. So your egg quality is going to improve. 
your hormone health is going to improve, your uterine lining, your ovulation, all these things are going to massively improve. Right, okay. Um, so, yeah, that's, yeah. So just keep an eye on it. Ask them when you yeah. do your bloods again um, yeah. if they can check that for you. What right, do you know? What test that is? Um, I can't remember. I can't remember what it was for. Um, it was it was the when I went to have the HSG scan for the tubes. They did my bloods then, but I'm not sure what 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 the test it was called. Now, sorry. Yeah, I'm just like wondering, like, how do they know that anyways? Like, how can one Why? blood test tell you what you've done in the months past? I'll have to look it up. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely think that you're completely on the right track. Um, okay. Oops, you know, you've, you've got those things, a lot of the core things in place. And to be honest, the most important thing you need is the consciousness. And you have that. So right, it's okay. you're yeah. just moving forward and, um, you know, putting that belief back into your body that it knows what it's doing and it is capable. No. You know, a lot of people get thrown into secondary infertility um, and just think, oh, my body can't do it anymore. I'll just use this okay. medication, which I almost feel like you have an advantage because you know your body can do it. You yeah. know, like where yeah. when you're dealing with years of unexplained infertility, you have no proof that your body can even get and stay pregnant. So really tap into that belief that your body can do this. It just needs a little bit of extra support. I don't, um, have you seen the Instagram or the TikTok post where I talk about the fertility line? No, I'll have a look at that. Yeah. So I'll just say it to you briefly before we go. So this is the, I know people on the podcast, you'll, I'll put the link in, in the show (laughs) notes for people to see, because you can't see my, my hands. Okay, this is the fertility line, and this is not perfection, and it's not health. Right. Okay, so you can get and stay pregnant at this fertility line. Centuries ago, our ancestors were up here. They didn't really overthink their health because they didn't have to, their fertility health, right? It was very rare and uncommon for people to have fertility issues. It was probably more common um, to have, like, complications during birth or you know that kind of thing but to get and stay pregnant that wasn't really an issue for people because of all the mental and emotional the trauma the shitty food the toxins like we've just come lower 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 most people and I go out on a limb when I say this most people are hovering just above this fertility line and they're getting and staying pregnant but what they don't realize is that they're actually dumbing down genetics. And right. so when you're not trying to use holistic and functional practices, you're actually increasing your child's uh, risks of having health issues, not only as a child, but as we see as adults, like, right. Like yeah. I had a silent autoimmune issue and basically with hindsight was infertile at 17. That's right. crazy. right yeah so that's what we're doing when we're hovering above this line and so when you're getting and staying pregnant you're above this line when you're having issues and having miscarriages you're kind of right at this line and when you're dealing Mm -hmm. with full-blown infertility like I was here (laughs) (laughs) I was like way below (laughs) this line right (laughs) and this is other than people who have like structural issues and like genetic issues that you literally cannot change with you know, holistic and functional approaches, your cellular health dictates where you are on this line. Okay. Right. So just have the faith that every day that you're putting in the consistent thoughtful effort of improving your overall health, because we're not fixing fertility because your fertility doesn't run on its own. Your hypothalamus, your pituitary, your adrenals, um, your thyroid, your gut, your liver, that controls all what's below you in your fertility, you know, even though it it all works, it all syncs together, but it all starts up here. Yeah. 
right? All this fires your ovaries, all this controls your uterine lining, your gut health controls, I would say a large part of your cellular health. Yeah, right. So when you're you consistently going, you're going to go up and up and up. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. So it's definitely possible, 100% doable. Um, And it's what else I talk about in the course too is intuition and surrender. Yeah. If I could get people to surrender, follow their intuition and change their subconscious beliefs about their worthiness and their body's ability and self-love, everything else that I teach in the course would be super easy. Right, yeah. Right? Because you would surrender to time. You would not care how long it takes you to get pregnant. That's my main thing, time. Mm -hmm. And it's it's literally made up. You've literally made up these these um timelines for yourself yeah right I I can honestly tell you that I did not give a shit that I had my child at 37 when I started at 27 yeah when I surrendered to the whole process which took me a long time (laughs) um it didn't matter I wasn't holding my child going oh I can't believe I'm 37 and having this child (laughs) right like that like what the hell (laughs) Um, so if you're able to do that, um, follow your intuition. That's the biggest thing of what's going to lead you to what you need to do, right? So yeah. getting the right support and you're doing this, like you're following your intuition, like, no, something isn't right. I'm going to fight. I'm going to keep going with it. Right. A lot yeah. of people are like, oh, just give in because I don't yeah. know. I'm not the doctor. I'm not the expert. Right. Where- yeah. If you listen to your body, it will tell you. I I yeah. did another discovery call. Actually, it's the one before this. And she said, what made you keep going about finding the answers of your high natural killer cells, even though everyone was like, no, that's not you. That's you're not presenting that way. And yeah. I was like, my intuition. Yeah. Like I had nothing, no proof, no nothing. I just knew in my body that's, that there was an answer and I just kept fighting for it right yeah right. it made no sense like everyone thought I went crazy <laughs> like, yeah. right yeah and then what was the other th- oh then your your subconscious mind is the driver it's yeah. absolutely the driver and for anyone who's like struggling with not sticking to their physical commitments or you know don't believe in themselves or it's just it's it's there subconsciously and it's yeah. it's now I believe in an easy fix if you're willing and open to go there. Yeah, which yeah. I am. I'm like willing. I'm willing to, to do anything now. <laughs> like, yeah, I know that. I mean, that's how I felt too. I mean, I yeah. wish. I mean, a lot of the stuff I teach in the course and you know coach with my one-on-one clients, I didn't have when I was yeah. doing this. Like, they are pretty new revelations to me, but. Um, it's super cool because I just get to help you guys move through your journey a lot quicker, <laughs> yeah, save you yeah. time, save you money. Um, yeah. And I said this in a TikTok the other day, like, I understand now why I had to go through everything I went to went through, mm-hmm. because I can actually be super relatable to you guys. You yeah. know, like, oh, but I've done this. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> like, yeah. it didn't work, yeah. and this is what did work. Um, so I, I do believe now that okay, I understand why it took eight years. Right. For sure. Yeah. 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 Things do happen for a reason. So I do believe in that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, is there anything else that you want to discuss before we go? Um, no, I, th- I think that's it. Thank you. Thank you very yeah. much for, for letting me have this opportunity to talk to you. Yeah, yeah well. my pleasure. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm going to write you some show notes with um, some tips and tricks of like where you can go and investigate these things. And then yeah. obviously, okay. if you are interested in joining the group coaching or working one one, yeah. there'll be links for that. Um, but yeah, just keep going. You're on the right Thank track. You. And I'm super okay. excited for you. Thank you. Thank you All very right. much. My pleasure. Bye. Bye. If you feel called to discover what you personally need to do and are ready to have an intimate conversation, please go down to the show notes. There's a link there that you can book your own personal discovery call.
Also, for your chance to book your own podcast discovery call, I do send out a email to my email subscribers every two months looking for new guests. So if you're not already on the email list, I highly suggest you sign up today. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.